Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next conversation is with Jack Bloom and Sharon Corder. They're both with Real Canada. That's R-E-E-L, Canada.ca. You're going to want to uh, dig into the website. You're going to want to find out more about that, especially if you're a school teacher. You're going to find out why that is as we get deeper into the interview. But uh, don't touch that dial. We talk about snow and sass. We get into what the... What, what what National Film Day in Canada is really all about. We talk about lack of access and about the arts and how important it is to, to making change of any kind. We talk about Canadian literature and public engagement. We talk about, we talk about Tom Thompson and, and, and the Great Pines. Um, we talk about art and the importance of that and why, and why immigrants make the best Canadians. This is, uh, uh, we, we had a lot of fun on this interview and not, a, I, I don't, too often get to interview two people at the same time, but Jack and Sharon were were delightful. Uh, it was it was informative. I learned a ton, and I stepped into uh, this this thing called Real Canada. So you're going to want to find out more about that and why uh, why it even exists and and what it's actually um, uh, doing in in Canada and and frankly, it's got it's got a global reach, which is which is remarkable as well. So uh, coming right up. Uh, Jack and Sharon, and sharing some insights on uh, all things Canadian film-wise. Um, don't forget, davidpecklive.com. You can find out more about the work that I'm doing, writing, speaking, and so on. Reach out to me there. And if you're interested in uh, financially supporting what the, the work that I'm doing here on Face to Face, you can do that through Patreon. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on Face to Face, please reach out to us, and, and we'd be happy to send you some information on that. We're currently and actively looking for sponsors and people who'd like to add here. We've got quite a reach now. You know, did, did you know that I'm over a million downloads? It's pr- it's pretty remarkable. So step into that if you like and reach out. And don't forget, you can also 
hear uh, more uh, of a face-to-face on rabble.ca, but you can also uh, reach a- into other people's lives, other people's writing and thinking uh, through blogs and other podcasts as well there. And also, folks, if you can't support the work I'm doing financially through Patreon, I totally get that, but would love for you to leave a review or a quote on iTunes. That would be so appreciated. Don't touch that dial. Real Canada coming up with Jack Bloom and Sharon Corder. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by uh, two very special guests with us here today. Uh, we have Sharon Corder and Jack Bloom from Real Canada, um, who are going to. Well, we're going to go a little deep into to to all things Canadian and all things film. Thanks, uh, thanks to you both for joining me here today on Face to Face. Our thanks pleasure. For so, so let's. I mean, I think probably the the, the natural place to start is. Uh, uh, oh, and we should tell everyone out there and just maybe uh, uh, let let them in on our little joke. We were all just we're all of an age where folks where we're still marveling at the technology, or at least I am anyway. And uh, <laughs> that that we actually made this call work. Well, there was three of us. Wow, isn't <laughs> isn't this remarkable? You know, we are technically magnificent. Yeah, we did not. That's right. We didn't need what was it? Cans, string, and a bar of soap, wasn't it? <laughs> Something like I, that. Not the bar of soap, Dave. That's something else. Oh, that's something else. Got it. Got it. Tell us about uh, either of you, both of you. Take take it away. What what's Real Canada? Why does it exist? And 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 let's go from there. So Real Canada, we started it in 2005, and our original idea was we wanted young people to have some awareness of the great Canadian films that we make in this country, and we created this festival format where we come to a high school, the kids participate in organizing the festival, they program the films that they want to see, and in the beginning, every event would be maybe five or six different venues within the school. And um, uh, and why we did that is because we were very aware that not only young people, but most Canadians don't have any access. They just mm. don't know about the films that we make. And Jack and I come out of the film and television industry. And even within the industry, we'd be at a dinner party and our friends would be going, ah, there's nothing any good out there. And we'd go, what do you mean? And we realized, and we said, well, have you seen this? And they said, no, I haven't seen that. Have you seen this? No, I haven't seen that. And so we became very aware that there was just no access. People didn't know that it existed and they didn't have any way to see it, even if they did. So we thought, Start with young people. And let's start with some high schools in Toronto. Well, it was very, very uh, successful, particularly the way in which the kids got engaged and the teachers got engaged. In some cases, the whole school got engaged. Mm -hmm. And it grew very quickly to the point where I'm I'm leaping over some steps and we'll get back to those. But now we're across the country. We're in all 10 provinces and territories. Mm -hmm. We, We do 100 events a year. We, wow. we, with, the, um, with the schools in French and English with schools um, and there's a very very high demand partly because we evolved the program in certain ways that maybe Sharon will talk about well we decided that right off the bat that we wanted to make it exciting that the point is is that we're not bringing in broccoli to your school Right. These these are movies. They're they're hey, fun. Hey, depending on the hey, come on, Sharon. Depending on how you present broccoli, it can be very exciting. You know, yes and no. Is, it's the answer to that. Um, this is actually like I think of it more like candy. Movies mm. to me are candy, mm. and I don't want them to think that it's good for them, although they really are. But I wanted them to just 
have the sheer pleasure of them. So we thought how we, we got together with other professionals in the industry and with educators and started talking about the best ways to do this. And we came up with the film festival format, which is certainly we love. We go to TIFF every year and get to see all the movies and it's great. So the idea was not just to flip out a DVD across the right. path, but to say here – we're going to come to your school. We're going to set up big screens and speakers. We're going to bring actors and directors to talk to you after the film. Yeah, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, so they actually get to meet these amazing people. So the, and the, because the, the desire is to, to, to grow a desire, not only for Canadian film, but just film in general, storytelling, get people passionate so, about just watching a great piece of art. So exactly right. So first of all, giving them something that's outside of the mainstream to grow that appetite. And also, uh, it very quickly became about Canada mm. and giving them an opportunity to talk about Canadian stories, the way in which they are reflected in them in a way that Hollywood movies don't reflect their experience. Something we discovered immediately almost, we said when we started out, we wanted to pattern this and what had happened in the 70s, I guess, 70s and 80s with Canadian literature and how that just... There was a real fight, uh, sort of a campaign to get Canadian literature mm -hmm. into the education system. And now it was, and that was so great, and everybody read Canadian books. And then as we got into the schools, we understood that that has actually disappeared. Hmm. They don't teach Canadian literature in high schools anymore. And we were stunned to find that out. So Individual teachers do occasionally, occasionally right, right. but it's not actually part of so, what you have to learn. So we were running into people who were in university even who had never read a Canadian novel. And God knows that we don't have any question that we stand high in the world stature for our writers. Like how can, that's how, can questions you, that, how can you get into university and have not have read Fifth Business? Oh, goodness easily, me. Goodness. Easily. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> it's very, it, no, it really is quite a steep hill to climb in this country to make hmm. people aware of the great work that is done here. We were at a university that I don't want to embarrass by saying what it was. Can you tell, uh, can you tell us what it rhymes with, Sharon? No, that would be, I think you might guess. I think you're pretty bright. Um, so uh, it, we were speaking to 100 um, graduating educators. Pre-service pre teachers, they're called. They're just about to graduate and enter the system. Mm. So they've been through high school, they've been through university, and now they've got their teaching certificates. They're going out into the world to teach. And we tried it out on them, and we said, how many of you have heard, we didn't say have you read, how many of you have heard of Mordecai Richler? About 25 of them had heard of the guy. Wow. Had heard of him. Wow. Had heard of Alice Monroe. This uh, was pre-Nobel. Pre-Nobel. How many of heard of Alice Monroe. Hmm. It was pre-Nobel, but not like she was obscure. Uh, how many of you had heard of, I forget who the third one was, and then we got to Margaret Mar Atwood. Margaret Lawrence. Margaret, Margaret Atwood, about 40 people. About 40 people. She's better known. And bear in mind, it was always the same people, so 75% right. of them, <laughs> it was like just a, a black wave. You were, you were building on a foundation, yes. So then we started talking about the filmmakers in the films, and there was nothing. There was zero right. awareness. Right. No, no, no. There were, uh, there were 10, 15, 20 people who okay. knew some of the most famous. Then they were the same ones who knew who... The, the know, were. So we, we realized there was a real need mm -hmm. uh, for a, between, among teachers and students to get a chance to talk about Canada, to talk about what it means to be Canadian, and to relate it ideally to the stories that we tell about ourselves it, here. It, it was unimaginable to us to think of growing up, because this didn't happen to us, and I, I'm an American, so I, oof, my God, I grew up with so much Americana. Uh, Jack is a Canadian. He grew up with Canadiana. 
to, to the idea that you would be in high school and that you would never see a story, read a story that reflects your reality at all, just seemed to me to be creating a, a huge social dissonance. How can that be true? Well, How it, can you never see yourself reflected? And I, may, maybe I'm jumping the gun here because I definitely want to get into indigenous stories and indigenous storytelling. In fact, yeah. just yesterday I was I was interviewing Darlene Naponce uh, about her new film Fal- Falls Around Her. It was at mm-hmm. TIFF. We just yeah, didn't connect. Right. I mean, what a brilliant film! Beautiful, good. It's a, film. it's a gorgeous film. Too. And Tantu is gorgeous in it. Uh, well, the funny story is that the I got I got a I got the phone number for Darlene, but actually I was given Tantu's phone number. So when I called, I got Tantu, and we actually had a lovely chat, <laughs> and I was able to congratulate her before we actually got into the conversation with Darlene. So we had a, a good laugh about that all the way around. But I guess, uh, you know, it just, the, the idea that, that, that the Canadian students, I mean, it, it almost starts to make sense as to why we, we don't have a better understanding for these issues. As I hear you guys say, oh, 15, 10, 5, like, why hasn't this been more a part of the curriculum? So something, and, right? So the way yeah. in which Sharon used to, uh, we sometimes talk about this, Sharon would say, that movies are like our dreams. And how would you feel if every night you went to bed and you woke up the next morning having dreamed about someone else's life? Like mm. your neighbors, mm. the wealthy neighbors down the street. The noisy neighbors down the noisy, The noisy, wealthy, um, politically uh, dysfunctional neighbors down the street. There's something <laughs> right. you know, very... I have a few of those neighbors too. <laughs> well, we do. But but I'm just saying that that the idea that we always see, that we see American stuff. And it turned out, because as we got to know these kids and talk with them and went into school after school. And these schools are so diverse. They're not like American schools. They're, we've gone to schools where we were in such a minority as white people. And it was... And a hundred languages spoken in the school in every conceivable country of origin. It's see, really exciting. And you see what they see on TV and movies. Mm. And it doesn't reflect that world at all. And the Canadian movies that that we've programmed and that it's easy to program and find are they look different. The people on screen look different Mm. and they look like Canadians and Canadian kids feel that when they watch. But for the most part. Um, So when you you mentioned uh, indigenous filmmaking, it's very interesting because just a couple of years in, as we started to get further afield outside of Toronto, going to some northern communities, and um, again, it was Sharon noticed that there were substantial populations of Indigenous kids, and they weren't being served, and they weren't being served at that point by our program. So, and for, from my point of view, I felt that the non-Indigenous kids weren't being served as well. Mm-hmm. That that these two communities lived in two solitudes, and they didn't understand each other or or care for each other or like communicate they, with or each communicate. other. And so the idea we started then working. Uh, diligently, this is about 12 years ago, to uh, start searching um, more aggressively for Indigenous work and Indigenous filmmakers. And um, Imaginative helped us, the uh, Indigenous mm-hmm. um, Film Festival, and they became very helpful in introducing us to people. And so the idea was very much that we would bring in Indigenous filmmakers who were cool and doing interesting work and not Again, not broccoli. Right. And let the indigenous kids see themselves reflected in this way and see their lives reflected. Have the non-indigenous kids see that that their that the, what stereotypes they might have about indigenous peoples may not be accurate, and probably weren't accurate. And then we could bring in these very cool people who were making movies 
to talk with them and reflect those realities. So it's like you you have created a obviously a platform, and we'll talk about RCTV as well, I'm sure, and mm-hmm. and, and and a variety of tools and so on. But but it's really it's almost as if you're you're in the business of public engagement, but youth youthful public engagement. You're about well, creating passionate energy around issues that matter, but through this Canadiana film lens. Absolutely. That's what it has turned into. Now, we kind of short-circuited there a little bit because we started with the films in the schools, and then we started to get requests from English as a Second Language Mm. uh, adult groups um, and communities. And they wanted to participate in the high school events. So we said, no, that wouldn't work. So uh, so we said, okay, well, we'll do a few. And we started doing uh, them down at the Lightbox, uh, the TIFF Lightbox down in downtown Toronto. Um, and bringing in a thousand new Canadians at a time to three different screenings that they would choose. They would choose what movies they wanted to see. And we would bring in filmmakers, actors, directors, whatever, to engage with them. And those have turned into massively meaningful engagement. So that's called our Welcome to Canada program now. And now we do that across the country as well. And in fact, last week we had three events at Pier 21 in Halifax, where we sh- we're showing a new Indigenous film called Kayak to Klim to, to hmm. brand new Canadians with uh, a young Métis with actor. One of, the, one of the members of the cast there. It's so re- it's our oldest Canadians talking to our newest Canadians. It's really, it really is remarkable. I so love it. And I have to just get a shout out. I've, I just, well, and I know we chatted about this briefly before the, the we, we, we were recording, but I've interviewed three of your board members and interviewed <laughs> some of your, uh, Mina, Mina Shum and, and Charles Officer and Adam Agoyan, Alana Sinabamsuin, Don McKellar, Deepa Mehta. I mean, it's just seeing those names and, and having had conversations and I hope people go back and listen to the interviews uh, on face to face but all wonderful people all and all of them have done many high schools all those it's people amazing it's they've so all given great. us a lot of time it's they've so high great schools and they have done they've talked to new canadians in amazing. fact amazing you go back and ask adam agoyan he will tell you and he which he tells many people publicly that the uh new canadian screenings of all the screenings and he's done screenings all over the world they have been the most meaningful to him. Oh, that's, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, congratulations. No, it, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, thank that's, you that's, very much. So it's I, remarkable I just want to pick up on what you said before about public engagement because it leads us to sort of the next leap uh, that, that we took in our programming and we created, we got out of the educational, the strict educational market and created National Canadian Film Day. We didn't get Day. out of it, we added to it. We added to it. We busted out of it. Mm. We extended our reach. Right. And um, created National Canadian Film Day so that all Canadians would have a chance at least one day a year to have this kind of exciting discovery of Canadian film that we were um, finding in the schools and with the new Canadians. And what? so that that happens every April. Uh, this is our sixth year. So April 17th, 2019 is National Canadian Film Day number six. And who we engage with there um, is everybody. Uh, we we <laughs> worked with a major PR firm a few years ago, and they were like, okay, now who's your demographic? Who's your we demographic? Say, we go, well, everybody. They go, no, you can't have everybody. But we yes. well, we're, so far we're working with military bases, legion halls. Wonderful. Libraries, senior citizen homes, taverns. Record and video stores, film well, festivals, community across centers, the film festivals, um, art galleries, um, uh, uh, elementary schools, 
Um, so we're, we're going from cradle to grave, from right to left, from rural to downtown every city in Canada. And, and they just, it really, it offended them as a concept. In, <laughs> in, in six years, we've grown. We're now in, in upwards of 600 distinct communities across the country. Um, we're in every corner of the country in all kinds of places. And this year, there are so far about a thousand screenings on the day. Wow, that's that's really really remarkable. Yeah, and not only across Canada. Sorry to interrupt, but around no. the world as well. It's the, you know I just uh, you know as I've I've learned more about you guys, and I'll definitely dig some more because I think I mentioned to you again offline that I'd say about seventy percent of my guests in the last three years have been filmmakers, hot docs, mostly TIFF related. Um, but but what's been interesting is I would say I would say of those seventy of my, percent of my guests I'd say forty to sixty of the percent of them are Canadian filmmakers so so it's been a really interesting shift for me uh, and and just diving into this whole kind of world that I almost didn't know existed and you guys well, pro- it- pro- you guys provide this beautiful uh, opportunity for for independent filmmakers as well it seems to me from what little I I know of you well and that's absolutely wonderful. because one of the big problems that we have in this country as artists of any kind, but especially films, films require a lot of money to mm, publicize. Mm. So when you're sitting in front of your TV or you're on your, your computer, what comes at you is massive billions of dollars from a big machine. Canada doesn't have that. So people don't even hear about what gets made. Right. And we're providing many things, one of which is alternative distribution Mm. so that people actually have an opportunity to see these films because we're making some wonderful films. I'm not saying they're all wonderful. I'm not that crazy, but, but there are really, there's a, there's a lot of good ones and are, they're just wonderful and they deserve, they they deserve to be seen and they're awfully good fun. Um, the, The thing that we're doing, it's funny in Canada, sometimes there's a bit of a resistance to new ideas, but this is the kind of thing that's been done before, just not very often. And I like to talk to people about why we all know Tom Thompson's The Jack Pine. Mm. I only learned this in the last few years. I didn't know this. Why? why, But you, David, having gone to school here, know that image. Mm -hmm. No, I know the the image. The reason reason that you know it, is because in the early 30s, Arthur Lismer, one of the group of seven, armed with new lithographic technology, printed thousands of it and about five other iconic Canadian pieces of art, and they and distributed them to elementary schools where they hung for decades. Mm. And that is why we know those paintings. And similarly, in the 40s and 50s, when the National Film Board started, they drove projectors around from town to town and would book the the town hall and show the films that they were making to folks in communities large and small. So there is kind of a a hearty grassroots tradition of getting this stuff out to the people in Canada. It just doesn't happen that often. And what we feel, like for me, I'm an immigrant. And I think immigrants, frankly, make the best Canadians is my prejudice. Um, because <laughs> I, I think, think that we, might be, that might be the soundbite for the interview today, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, um, but I do think that we, coming from other countries, see the country with fresh eyes mm. and appreciate it. And even the self-deprecation 
which does get on the nerves occasionally, you can see that there's a certain modesty that is mm-hmm. that leads to some perhaps civil behavior from time to time, which is <laughs> right. you know to be desired. But the idea that that Canada is worth something is something that I feel us new Canadians can say out loud. Canadians only get to say that out loud during the Olympics or mm. during hockey season or there there's so few opportunities to, to say what people feel about the values of this country and to celebrate it to yes. celebrate the so, country so, so it's not it's nationalism and which is a terrifying word these days it is yeah but and, and not one that I endorse but the idea of nationalism as a as a value for taking care of each other and for valuing our neighbors and our diversity. Well, no, and our, I wonder, that's what and, I mean. And I, it's interesting, Sharon. It's a really interesting distinction to me. I wonder if there's something to be said for sort of national pride versus nationalism, right? I mean, there. I hope there, so. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's kind of more. You're talking more about community, frankly. It seems to me. Yes. Um, Feeling the sense of community that we are, that there are things that we feel as Canadians. That, that Terry, bind us. That Terry keep, Fox was something that happened right, to everyone. Right, right, right. That of happened course. to everybody from wherever you lived and whatever religion you are, whatever skin color you've got. Everybody felt that, and there's a there's a bond that I think is of value as long as we don't turn it into a us versus them. Yeah, absolutely, kind of bond. absolutely. Which it's seems tricky. to be so so easy to do, right? The divisive. Yeah. Uh, position well, these seems days, to be the one to take. Yeah, yeah, polarization is the way to go it seems. Yeah. So so are people watching Canadian films? I mean, what's the word on the street there about uh, uh you know, are are they getting out into the real they're, world? They're watching Canadian films on National Canadian Film Day, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's um, right, a, a thousand screenings, yeah. Well, oh, and that's just the start. Yeah, we're, of it. we're 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 anticipating something like 70,000 Canadians will attend these screenings in wow. person. But also, we have hooked up the last few years with all of the broadcasters, and they are, um, if you go to our website, you can see this, uh, They National Canadian Film Day, uh, you can see that um, they have schedules for the day of Canadian films. So that's Bell Media, Chorus, Hollywood Suite. Mm, mm. Um, uh, Don't start mentioning because yeah, now, now, now I'm going to leave people out. <laughs> That's and right. upset. Yeah, so no, we but, there are many, uh, uh, and so let's not even uh, try. Right. Um, but also, there will be uh, streaming services from uh, the CBC and others. Uh, so there are. So if you've got a TV or a computer, or you live near many, many, many centers, you can see a film for free on that day. Yeah, that's amazing. Really, because we don't want to leave the north out. Uh, and we don't want to leave rural places out. And, you know, we want everyone to have the opportunity. That the whole idea of Canada for me as as a somewhat newcomer is the inclusivity. So, so I'm and a... That's- I- what we want to reflect. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm a public school, let's say I'm a public school teacher, I'm a high school, or I'm a high school teacher uh, looking to bring in a film, want to do a panel discussion, where where do I start, how much is it going to cost me, etc. Okay, two different things. Yeah. Yes. So first of all, high schools, teachers everywhere, hello teachers. <laughs> that's right, that's real, right. Real, R-E-E-L, realcanada.ca, go to that website. If you send us a note, we will hunt you down, believe me. We yeah, will, we'll we will find you, you. we will We'll talk to you and we will work something out. And the charge to your school or to you or to your principal or your school board is nothing. Zero. We bring all that to your school for free. So 
definitely get a hold of us. If you want to sign up for a National Film Day screening, that's canfilmday.ca. And what we're doing for high schools specifically on National Canadian Film Day is a thing we call RCTV, RC for Real Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I believe it's close to 200 It's schools over 200 schools. And about 15,000 students. And it will be a live broadcast um, with, with everybody uh, tuning in, the schools that are participating. There are two films on offer. One is Kayak to Klim 2, which I think we mentioned before. Uh, and the director and one of the leads will be here in Toronto in uh, at the uh, Google you, YouTube space. The YouTube mm-hmm. creative space. Uh, where we'll be broadcasting from. And uh, the other film is Remember, and we'll mm. have Adam Agoyan. Mm. And, uh, and they will be answering questions live from high school students from coast to coast. So it's an interactive talk show. Kids can tweet their questions. They send us videos. They send in Happy National Canadian Film Day videos. They compete for prizes by answering questions. It's uh, it, it's it's quite a unique thing, and it it uh, and it's fun. involves kids from uh, right across the country. My favorite. Uh, it's I just it gets me so jazzed talking about this, and and uh, I, I I'm I'm looking forward to hosting one of those panel discussions for you someday down the oh, road. Cool. I hope. Yeah, honestly, I hope we can talk about that. One of my favorite films of all time, poster framed on the wall. I interviewed Don McKellar, uh, uh, this this and Tina Keeper, uh, the, this past TIFF. Uh, about his new film and uh, through Black Spruce and 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 I was able to say to him you know with some you know uh, uh, intimate uh, 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 with a sort of an intimate posture that last night is one of my favorite films of all time it's a terrific film framed poster framed on my wall one of the most beautiful endings and I hope that's enough for people to get out there and want to watch it again or watch oh it's a great just watch it for the first time beautiful wonderful cameo by David Cronenberg Sandra Oh I mean so so tell me what favorite couple favorite Canadian films can we talk about that is any anything bubbling to the surface oh you're putting us in a very I am I know. I know. I I really feel as the artistic director, I can't. (laughs) It's like saying, who's your favorite child? Well, it's the worst, right? Top five films. That's right. That's right. Um, I I can't like Sally the best. That's just not possible. It's such a, well, Um, it's a crazy question to say, what's your favorite song of all time? Or what's your favorite? No, exactly. Exactly. Who's your favorite singer? Who's your favorite? There, what I can say is that there are, there are many filmmakers that I really love, mm. um, and I'm I'm not as knowledgeable about all of the Quebec filmmakers as I would like to be, which is why mm. we have Quebec partners mm. there helping us all the time, finding things and and telling us what's going on. Um, but always at when when I'm at TIFF, I'd make a point to see several of the Quebecois films. They're 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 doing gorgeous work. We're doing some gorgeous work. There's a there's a, a new film coming out. Um, oh God! Don't let me forget it. Just as we we're talking about it, um, um, oh, uh, Jack, Jack, we'll have to help with that in a minute. Um, so there, there are several new films coming out right now that are wonderful. There are young filmmakers coming up. Of course, I like all our classic filmmakers: uh, Adam McGoyan, David Cronenberg, Deepa Mehta, um, Don McKellar. Um, we have great, and we have regional filmmakers. Mm. There, there have been some wonderful films made out east that are great. I love the stuff from the seventies. Um, it's it's uh, the apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz's forty fifth mm. anniversary <laughs> this year, and 
And we're very hopeful that we're going to have uh, a Skype in from Richard Dreyfus for the screening at oh. uh, the Vancouver International Film oh, Festival. Isn't that, oh, that's wonderful. That'll be a, that'll, yeah. that'll be a really nice yeah. surprise for people. Well, yeah. I mean, I think this is a nice sort of segue to the whole Snow and Sass thing too, right? <laughs> Celebrating 100 years. Tell, tell me about Snow and Sass. Okay. Well, so what that's about is that um, we um, were talking with our funders and they were wondering if there was anything in particular we could commemorate. And we said, well, it's 2019. What would be better to commemorate than uh, Back to God's Country, which is the first – it's the most successful silent film Canada ever made. And it was by uh, Nell Shipman, who is uh, well-known in, um, in film circles as a big pioneer. She wrote it and starred in it. And it's quite something. And, and it's the first Canadian film made in Canada by Canadians? which is very much what we're about. Because God knows there's a lot of movies that are made here that have nothing to do, that aren't made by Canadians. They're Hollywood and, and movies. We are not against those. We're, they're fine. It's they're, great. They're and, wonderful. Yeah, we and, love having them here. And they, they pay for our friends' lives and their homes and their cars, and that's terrific. Right. Uh, and and, and some the, of them are great films. They're not the films that we are interested in promoting yeah. to a Canadian audience. So, so we looked at that, and we thought, well, how do we program? What, what's the common denominator of uh, that we can find coming out of back to god's country and nell shipman is as sassy as it gets and it's uh, there's as much snow as you can imagine in that picture right. uh and so uh we thought that it, there was an argument to be made that we can call it what canadian films are often is full of snow and sass 100 years of snow so and we've got sass. 100 films that we put on our website to say these films Snow and sass. So we would sit around and go, that was someone would name a title, and either it would be snow or sass. Or, or, would, or, or there were some that weren't any either. Some so that weren't make it either. But like Cronenberg is sass. Like, there's just, you don't even have to worry or about Denis it. Or Denis You yeah. know, it's um, inarguable. So yeah. I, I, love, I love the passion uh, the intention, the commitment coming through on 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 the phone. It would be so much fun to be actually doing this face to face. It's so ironic. I call my podcast face to face. Very few of them are. Yeah, one day when I'm you know worth millions and I have a huge yeah. following, I'll have a, a or wonderful. Or just when the studio. technology gets better, yeah. we can just materialize. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Where's William Shatner when you need him? Yeah, um, really. Yeah, but tell me tell me about that a little bit. You both have backgrounds in in TV and film, and where where does that come? from? from is this i don't know is this just a love for the moving image is this well, you know, it's back to that popcorn different. smell when you walk in the door of a theater <laughs> what, what's going on that. here it's different for each of us i grew up in hamilton ontario i, I started we both started in the theater mm. and when i started out as a, a young actor and a director the explosion of canadian theater canadian plays was so so exciting and i've just always Canadian culture in general, whether it's Alex Colville or or uh, David Pratt on, on Christopher Pratt, I'm sorry, in, in visual art, or Alice Munro or Margaret Lawrence, or in in literature, or the beautiful documentaries of the National Film Board in the the 50s and 60s and 70s. These not, not that things, he was seeing them all in the period. <laughs> I, I caught up with them eventually. Uh, when I was in high school, there was a National Film Board office downtown, and a bunch of us geeks would go there on Saturday mm -hmm. nights, mm -hmm. and a lovely fellow named Logie Donaldson would play us National Film Board movies, but he'd also show us the Marx Brothers. Mm. So he real it was a real education. So for me, it is the Canadian story 
storytelling that matters so much as reflective of this place that I just think is the best place in the world. For me, it was a little different. I, I came to Canada and uh, I really, I was so ignorant. Uh, I was an American. I think those two words can sometimes go together. And, um, and I just knew nothing about Canada. Uh, and in the beginning, I was stunned by how cold it is. Um, that was a big, a big shock for me. And I didn't like it very much, the cold. And it, people seemed very reserved. I wasn't used, from that, used to that. I'm actually a fifth-generation Texan. Mm. And I found it kind of, hmm, these people are a little cool here. But then as I started to see the films, read the books... Uh, see the art. It, it watch the news. Like I honestly fell in love with the news here. I said, "Y'all seem to tell more of the truth here." Now, <laughs> I've been here long enough to know that perhaps I was a little naive, but right, coming from right. my American perspective, right. not entirely. Um, that that the I love the the, the realism right. of of things. I love, and this is something we get reflected back from the kids when they watch the. Um, when they watch the uh, movies and stuff, they say it's more like real life. It's like it's like they spend more time on the script mm. in Canada, which mm. isn't true because they don't have the money to spend. Right, right, right. There were things I didn't like about Canada, but what made me fall in love with Canada was literally the culture. Um, I fell in love with the books I was reading. I fell in love with the movies I saw. I fell in love with the art I saw. I even fell in love with the news I saw mm. um, because to me um, the news just seemed more real than right. what I was used to in the States. And whether that's totally true or not, um, it, it did seem more real and it did seem like more facts were being presented, more points of view were being discussed um, and certainly not as much shouting. Um, and, and so I just came to, as an immigrant, I came to appreciate the values of this country. I, I love the diversity here, like as we all do. Yeah, for sure. It, it's just, it's something to be so proud of and to enjoy. It's so pleasurable. Um, it's, it's, it's not only good for us, it feels good. And, and that became values that I cared about. Then as I got older and I saw that my fellow Canadians didn't always feel that way, it hurt my feelings. Mm. Like, it was like, what's what's the matter with you guys? Don't you appreciate what we have here? And when I saw the films, like I went to see the Canadian movies in the theaters because I was interested. Right. And then when I found out that my fellow filmmakers had seen very few of them, that just seemed wrong. Mm. And, and that, if they and, hadn't seen them. Well, and now we're kind of back to that whole that whole public engagement thing and for and why real Canada exists in the first place. Can we just, sadly, we're going to have to wrap it up and I've so enjoyed chatting with you both. Oh, but come on. I know, just getting started, right? Just Listen, getting out of no, the gate. Just, I'm going to just grab hold of the reins for a second yeah, go. I just want to say a couple of things about National Canadian Film Day. People, I, we have some films that are extraordinarily popular this year. So the big choices, the hot choices this year for National Canadian Film Day are The Breadwinner, Beautiful animated mm -hmm. film about Iran. Indian Horse about the resident. Afghanistan, pardon me. Inter interviewed Indian horse. Inter interviewed Indian Stephen Campanelli as well. Uh, we, uh, you have. I have, yeah. That's, oh, Good that's for excellent. You. Indian Horse about the residential schools. Maudie, the beautiful. 
film about Maude, Maude uh, Lewis, the folk artist, and surprisingly, The Rocket, which is not the newest film, but it's such a good one about oh. Maurice Richard. And yeah. a new film called You Are Here, uh, A Come From Away Story. Those are the top six, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I, I wanted to mention a couple of the exotic places that we're screening around the world on National Canadian Film Day, including exotic to us. Quito, Ecuador, Tallinn, Estonia, uh, Yangon in Myanmar. We've got a screening in Bratislava, the Slovak Republic. We're in Ho Chi Minh City in wow. Vietnam. Wow. And that those are, are just a few of the 30 that are happening around the well, world. We're also in Vienna and Prague and Paris and Berlin and things like that. Wow, and you, we've guys, got, you, you guys aren't fooling around. We're not fooling around. We're, we're, we're taking no prisoners. <laughs> we've got special guests. Adam McGoyan is uh, presenting a screening, Calm Fior, uh, Miranda Depontier with her new movie, The, uh, the Grizzlies. Is, um, is premiering on that day. Your friend Alanis Obamsawin is going to fly from Montreal to Vancouver to present a bunch of films there. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, I, what a pleasure meeting you both, and what what a pleasure what a, meeting you, David. What a great time. We've been talking to Jack Bloom and Sharon Corder from Real Canada. That's real R E E L Canada. C A. Um, thanks to you both for joining me here today on Face to Face. Really appreciate it. Our great time. pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.